Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. I am so excited for today's conversation. This guest is just such an incredibly inspiring woman to me. Um, I'm beyond excited to bring this conversation to you all because this is somebody who I have looked up to, honestly, has been like a bigger sister kind of role because I was the oldest in my family. And and so to see her, she was a little bit older than me since I was a kid. Um, We grew up same hometown, went to the same high school. Her sister was my best friend growing up. And to witness her journey to becoming who she is today. I think what's been so amazing about it is that she's transformed and yet she's still the same person underneath it all. Mm. She's always been this bubbly, friendly, has this energy that just, it feels like a hug. Like she wants to include you, eye contact. Like she just connects so easily. and because of that, I feel like everybody, like I, I said this in the interview, but everybody I knew growing up, like everybody loved her. It didn't feel like she had any enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited to bring her to you all because most of you know her, I'm sure via social media. If you don't, you should definitely follow her, but she's a lovely, lovely soul. Yeah. She's just so real. I feel like the way that she shows up through her platforms is just so, feels like a girlfriend because she's yeah. just so vulnerable real. in the yeah. ways that she struggled, the way that she continues to struggle as we all do. And I love that. And she gets into this in the interview a little bit, but she talks about, you know, practicing self-love, like the tangible ways we bring ourselves back when we start to get into those limiting beliefs or self-defeating conversations that we all inevitably have. And how do I bring myself back to the higher truths I know about myself and my journey? And I just love that she's so open in sharing those tools with her community, you know? Yeah. And I realize now as we're talking, we do these intros, obviously after we record, right? Cause we're prepping you all for the interview that's about to come. Uh, we didn't ask her kind of where you can find her. So I guess we'll just say it now ahead of time, but it's, she's on Instagram at Melissa Wood Health. Um, <laughs> she's pretty easy to find. Yeah. She's pretty easy <laughs> to find. So I don't feel so bad, but if you're looking for her, Melissa Wood Health is her handle. So I hope yeah. you all enjoy as much as we enjoyed having this talk. You will. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Vanessa and I are so excited for today's guest, to someone who I personally just really appreciate um, the way that she shows up in the world of social media, just with so much authenticity and, you know, um, vulnerability and willingness to a lot of times tackle taboo topics and pushing past our discomfort to normalize having challenging conversations, which is what Vanessa and I love to do so much. And so we have Melissa Wood Tepperberg, founder of Melissa Wood Health and creator of the MWH Method with us. Thank you so much for being here, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me and for that beautiful introduction. It's really an honor. Well, and I'll dive in here and say that I was very excited that Melissa said yes to be on our podcast. Melissa and I go way back to what third, third and fourth grade, because I think you're a year older than me. Yeah. And uh, it's been a wild ride. (laughs) Yes, we've grown, girl. 
I know, I know. <laughs> I was just telling today before we got on, I was like, geez, the last time Melissa and I saw each other actually in person, I hadn't left New York yet. Mm-hmm. And we were both still kind of in this space of like, I want to do something, but what? Like, I want to be out there helping, but how, right? And I want to get into that more. But um, before I dive too much into that, I'd love to just start with, in your own words, like, tell us your journey. Tell us your journey to kind of who you are now. You know, what was that like? When did you know? How did you know what you wanted to do? All of the fun stuff that people like to hear. Yeah, awesome. I, you know, for me, it's always great because people see me today and I think there, there are so many assumptions attached mm. to a person, right? Like I think a lot of people think I've always had everything together and, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say like, you know, you clearly come from money and it's, it's quite the opposite. So mm. when I was 22, I came to New York for the first time one weekend with a friend and there was just something about this city where I just felt this sense of freedom mm-hmm. that I had never experienced before. And I knew I was like, I, I felt free. I felt like I had almost like found my place. Meanwhile, I was just here for a weekend and I was walking through Bloomingdale's, was approached by someone at the Chanel counter. And, you know, they asked if they could do my makeup. I ended up interviewing for a job that was available, got the job. Like it was like, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just open to the realm of possibilities, I guess, and curious to see where the next thing would lead. And then I moved here. Like I moved here on a whim a couple weeks later, just packed up, drove a U-Haul, moved, was, you know, I worked at Bloomingdale's. And while I knew quite immediately that was not my like final destination, I, I just knew I was in the right place mm-hmm. for, for the first time in my life. And mm-hmm. my youngest sister encouraged me to apply for America's Next Top Model. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to get called. And then I got called and, you know, had this wild experience in LA and thought that this is what I was going to do. I, I didn't make it on the show, thought my life was over. And I really realized that in that moment that I wanted to pursue modeling and Mm -hmm. really go for, um, you know, a modeling career in New York and being turned down from, from America's Next Top Model and then being turned down from every big, small agency in New York, it, it definitely just spiraled into this notion of just bringing up the things I already felt within myself at that time, but just like not feeling enough and Mm. a lot of triggers, childhood triggers really surfacing. And it really just put me into a tailspin Mm. of attaching myself to a lot of negative tools that were quick fixes at the time. I was suffering from an eating disorder and I was always anxious, like living in this extreme state of anxiety and didn't know what to do with it. I didn't even know it was anxiety, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I just thought this was who I was. And this got to a point where I just, I couldn't live like that anymore. You know, I, I wanted something different. I, I wanted a different life for myself. The turning point for me was wanting to change and Mm -hmm. really recognizing that I had a lot of bad habits that I was ready to face and I was ready to do the work. And I, I asked, I asked for help. And I think that's what changed my life first and foremost, you know, reaching out to a friend and 
asking for her therapist info was a big step for me. And, and then going to therapy every week. And even when I felt I didn't need to go some weeks, continually showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's when things started to shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's funny, even now, I really try to be gentle with the way that I say, like, instead of saying I'm an anxious person, I really just switched my perspective with the relationship to anxiety. It's like, I'm feeling anxious today. Mm. So I'm not defining myself mm. as an anxious person because I, I, this is new really, because I did that for so long and was like, Oh, it's okay. Like I'm just an anxious. And then I'm like, well, now I'm attaching myself to this anxiety and carrying it with me that it's like my load to carry all the time. And sometimes I'm not feeling anxious. You know, Melissa, I first became aware of you when you were on Sophie Jaffe's um, podcast a little while ago. And I remember you speaking about being at like this mind body green event and that there were all these influencers there and you were just so beautifully vulnerable in the way you shared about like feeling like I'm not enough. Like maybe I don't have enough followers to be here. And, you know, I think there's something about the way you speak so vulnerably about, um, you know, imposter syndrome or a feeling like these are the times where I haven't felt enough that just makes people feel so safe with you. I remember listening and being like, I love her so much. (laughs) I feel like such a girlfriend. Um, And I wonder um, how you got to a space where you felt comfortable speaking so openly and maybe you don't feel comfortable and you do it anyway, but where you got to a space that you were willing to be so open about, it hasn't always been easy for me. I haven't always been... um, you know, the, the Melissa that you see now, um, was it, was there a transition into that space of speaking so openly? Definitely. I will say that for me, it has been to this day, it's showing up for all of the things that I resist. Mm-hmm. And that's as simple as my daily practice. You know, I, I am, I'm really committed. I'm really committed to myself in this work. And it's not just to me a trend. It's not like wellness isn't this cool thing that I decided to hop on. This is what saved my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I know what it feels like to not feel good and, and to not love myself. And I never want to go back there. And of course there are days that are heavier than others, or you know, maybe you feel down and you're not feeling so optimistic and positive. And I have days like that. I had a day like that this morning. And I just, I have these like internal conversations with myself where it's like this right here, this is a moment. This is, this is your lesson of the day to choose, to Mm -hmm. choose, go down that rabbit hole, to spiral into all the things that can just bring all the darkness to the surface. And sometimes that is actually the choice. And I do it because I need to just process it and get right. and move through my shit. But I I choose day in and day out to really try hard to look at things differently and to do the work. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, people are like, wow, you built this incredible thing. And, you know, I'm like, I built, what I built off truly staying consistent to mm-hmm. my healing, to mm-hmm. taking care of myself and letting go of trying to please everyone. I mean, when I started meditating is when the clarity 
came through for me of who, who I really am. You know, I used to look in the mirror and see someone who had so much work that needed to be done and, and I needed to lose weight and I needed to, you know, clear my acne and my thighs were too thick and I wasn't quite tall enough. It was like, I looked at all of the things that were wrong with myself Mm -hmm. for so long for most of my life, which is so sad, right? Like an adult woman who doesn't even like herself, let alone love herself. And through my meditation practice, I started to be more gentle mm-hmm. with, with where I was and like the not knowing of mm-hmm. what I really wanted to do, but tapping into the things that lit me up to the things that made me feel more connected to myself. And it really started from learning how to love myself mm-hmm. and learning to this, you know, when I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, oh, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to step on the scale and I'm, I'm not going to measure my waist. And it, you know, it, it was turning to the other habits, which, you know, used to be those tools. And now it's like, okay, maybe I'm feeling a little off. I'll put on a beautiful playlist that makes me, you know, get in my body and out of my head or, you know, meditation for me is really the, the tool that's transformed me mm-hmm. and why I keep coming back to it because it's given me a lot of courage and it's helped me connect to my purpose, to like this seed of my soul. And yeah. even though I'm, I was scared for a long time to, first of all, admit that I had an eating disorder that was really hard for me because I was working really hard at maintaining this perfect persona for so long that I was so sick and tired of trying to put on this front. It was so draining. Mm. And then it's like literally that deep inhale and exhale is how I felt the first time I even told my husband that I suffered from an eating disorder and he was like what like I know you know and I'm like well no one knew I didn't want anyone to know that was my you know my deepest secret that made me it was like it made me look not perfect so when I started to share the the real stuff that was going on is what helped me connect with people and understand that so many people were dealing with the same insecurities and hiding behind the same veil and it just I think, you know, the power of community is incredible. And I, I really learned how to become more open through the, the support from this mm. online community that I, I didn't know anyone personally. I felt more comfortable sharing it with, with them than I did my family. Yeah. I did with my friends because it, there was a little bit of a protective boundary and a barrier. Mm as you were talking, I, I actually found myself get, got a little, getting a little emotional because I was thinking about how a couple of weeks ago I was telling Danae, like we were just talking about this interview upcoming. And, um, I was saying, you know, we don't, honestly, there really isn't a lot of prep work to do. Like, it'll be a great conversation. I was like, you know, I said, I'm like, Melissa is just so authentic and she shows up and I'm like, and she's fun. And she, you know, I'm like, I just know it'll, it'll be easy. It'll be a good conversation. And I said, um, I was giving her, oh, I'm actually getting emotional. I said, 
Melissa is somebody who, since I've known her, since I was a little kid and we grew up in the same town, um, actually walking distance from each other's house. Her younger sister was my best friend when we were little. So I was at your house a ton and, you know, your sister was at my house a ton. And, and I always looked at you as just this person who was always light, was always happy. Everyone, everyone that I knew always looked at you as just this like shining light. Right. And, and I said to Danae, I'm like, I don't remember Melissa ever talking shit about anybody. I don't remember anybody ever talking shit about Melissa, which was very (laughs) unusual where we grew up. (laughs) (laughs) And I just said, you know, she just always had a smile on her face and everybody always loved Melissa. And Mm -hmm. I think what the emotion came up for me around was this idea of like, I wonder how much of that was a projection. Um, and also be how much of that you felt like you had to carry and maintain because yeah. you were very aware on some most likely unconscious level that it was projections um, that you needed to hold for everybody else, oh, right? Yeah. And it made me sad to think about because I'm like, oh my God, like that actually feels like so much pressure, right? And then obviously it was because look what happened. No, it totally was. I mean, that's like spot on. And I think for me, when I moved, I think it was like the feeling that I felt when I came to New York for the first time. And I was like, oh, it was like, oh my goodness, this sense of feeling free. And then I remember vividly the first night in my apartment where my mattress was on the ground and there were mice in my walls and, you know, (laughs) here I was home. New York. (laughs) And I just remember, you know, closing my door and it was the smallest room ever. I, I, I think it was, it was it tiny closet, but it was a bedroom. And I just, I remember like closing the door and it was like, for the first time I had to sit, (laughs) I had to sit with everything. And I I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my, wow. It's all starting to come out. Like Mm -hmm. all that I pushed down to really hold this level of strength for myself, for my sisters, you know, for so long. And then I still tried to push it down for a long time when I first moved here and it just, you know, you can only do that for so long and everyone's breaking point is different. And I I just knew for me that hitting that point where I was like, I just want, I want something different for my Mm -hmm. life. I want, I want happiness and contentment and I, I want to fulfill my purpose. I know like for me, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Like I'm not close to like, I'm like, I'm just getting started. Mm -hmm. I'm like just finding this level of peace within myself. I love that because, and this is something that we've talked about a lot in conversations today. And I, so many clients and so many people on social media ask a similar version of this question, which is like, you know, how do I find my purpose? How do I find my path? Like, how do I know what I'm supposed to do, you know, during this time that I'm here on this earth? And I love how you talk about it in this sense of like, it sounds like you got really committed to yourself. Yeah. It sounds like you got really committed to showing up every day and doing the things that you sometimes didn't want to do, but you knew were imperative to that self right? And through that, the purpose came. Through that, the purpose was not that it it materialized out of nowhere, but it was like something opened up and the light was like, here it is. You couldn't see it before. And this is what I tell clients all the time. I use this idea of breadcrumbs where it's like, you don't have to know what your end game is. You just do the first thing that comes to you that lights you up and makes you feel that sense of aliveness. Just do that. 
Yes, mm. that's it. Oh, you said that so beautifully. She, she has such a way with words, right? Like that's always like, mm-hmm. you're so articulate and just, you, you know, you really get it. And that is a thousand percent what it was, you know? And even in the beginning when I was connecting to the work, I, it, it's, it's not like it just appeared one day, mm-hmm. you know? I learned to show up with love and with commitment to whatever, whatever job, knowing that it wasn't my, you know, this wasn't it for me. I I always put my best self forward. My best advice to anyone listening is if you are in a job that you don't love, or you're on a path and you feel like you're not in the right place, showing up fully for that job, like doing it with love and and bringing everything you have, I think, to whatever position you are in is what energetically continually keeps connecting you to the next thing, to meeting that, that person that you, you know, introduces you to someone who's looking for Mm -hmm. someone of your, you know, it's just, that's what I did. You know, I worked as a health coach in a functional medicine practice for a, a while. It wasn't my dying, burning passion, right. but I did it. And yeah. I did it with everything that I had, because it's like, what am I learning? What am I here for? Okay. I knew quickly that wasn't that the thing, mm-hmm. but it connected me to the next thing. Right. So I think it's, it's bringing your full self forward with whatever it is and, and really paying close attention to the things that that give you that sense of joy and belonging in yourself and that you can't wait to do the next day and the next day. And, you know, I didn't know for a very long time that I wanted to be a teacher. Like now that I look back, I'm like, I just wasn't open. I wasn't there. I wasn't Mm -hmm. at the place within myself to receive Mm -hmm. because I was so focused on finding the passion and what is it? And I used to ask my, I mean, I used to cry to my husband, like, how do I find my passion? And, you know, and he's like, you just have to keep connecting to the things that that you like. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. Well, I love so much too, about what you just spoke to Melissa. I feel like there's this thing with clients so often that we feel like self-love is an arrival point. And I love that you sort of speak to the tangible tools that you consistently use that like, I may be used this morning to return to a space of embracing myself. And I think if we can, you know, zoom out, Vanessa and I come from a depth psychology background. So it's always like our hero's journey and looking at the trajectory of our lives and trying to make meaning. And I think if if we trust our struggle, if we say like, what has all this been about? Like, what has this been here for? And how do I use that? And I just feel like you're such a beautiful example of someone who said, yeah, all of this was for a reason so that I could serve through what I've been through, that I can teach other people how to heal themselves and be in that practice of self-love every day. Just so beautiful. It is. I really do believe a lot of past traumas and really difficult experiences can lead us to that purpose and, and help us help and serve people who are going through the same exact experience. Mm, Just so inspiring and beautiful. Somebody sent me, this was like a total tangent, but I was just laughing. Somebody sent me this TikTok the other day and it was this girl sitting on her meditation cushion and she's got her sage and her eyes are closed and she's meditating. And it's like, when you used to be 
the bottle girl like at the club. And now you're like this saging yogi, you know, crystal toning hippie. And she's like, and, and it sounds like a meditation song, but then it like flips to like everybody in the club get tipsy. And I just was laughing because I she said it to me because that's kind of like my history. But then I was thinking about you too. And I was like, oh, see, these are the chapters partly that sometimes I wish I could, I could tear out, right? Like not a lot of people know, for example, that I worked at Hooters for years. Right. And there's so much of those chapters that has led me to who I am that if I ripped them out, I wouldn't be this person. No, exactly. Yeah. That's so great. I need to see that. Oh, just like, <laughs> that's hilarious. I totally connect to that. So how do you feel like it translates then? I mean, let's talk, let's talk big stuff. Let's talk motherhood because hmm. that's been something I think that what's so interesting about you being a mother is that you've become a mother as people have watched. With two of the most beautiful children I've ever oh. seen in my life. Yes. <laughs> Side note, my God. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Right. But like you were, you're in the midst of this, you're figuring out your path, you're, you're doing all this self-work and then you become a mom and everybody's watching, right? All mm. the followers on Instagram. Um, and so I guess what's that been like for you slash, you know, bringing these tools into motherhood slash like all the motherhood stuff, because this is really, I would say when I, when I scope or peep your Instagram, it's probably what 50% momming and 50% health and wellness, right? It really is like a half split. It is. I, you know, it's definitely shown me, oh gosh, like so many of the things that I almost don't like about myself is mm. that, you know, no, I I'm shaking my head because I'm like, yep, I get it. Yes, it does. <laughs> so good to react and like, yep. I want to use my voice and I want to, yep. and I'm like, oh my God, like that was, that's the one thing that I don't want. I don't want to do that. I don't yeah. want to do that, mom, but it's, it's a challenge and is, you know, they, they really are your, like your greatest teachers, because here you have these like innocent little souls where they really just want love and attention. And you're like, you're constant embrace, but it's, you know, I'm also balancing a lot of things. So I think for myself, one thing that's really helped me is having, you know, the mornings with alone with my kids. i I don't have a live-in nanny and not that there's anything wrong, but I thought about it recently because I'm like, I'm getting to a point with my business and my husband's business. Like maybe it would be, it would create more balance in our home if we have someone help us a little bit more. But, you know, I think up until this point, it's given me this really deep connection and alone time with my kids. And I'm really big on trying my absolute best to carve out time for all of the, you know, the, the important things. And it's mm -hmm. like, even as simple as finishing work, maybe a little bit earlier one day and being there for dinner and bath and bedtime. And I really, really try hard to stick to, um, you know, that time with my kids because it's helped me just cultivate a really strong relationship with them. And we, you know, I, for me, I want that. I've always wanted that. And mm. I want to be that mother. I want to have this, you know, this, just this unbreakable bond with my kids. And you think that naturally happens. And, and I think you, you, you have to work for it. Mm -hmm. And it's a constant mm -hmm. commitment. And just as I'm consistent with 
myself. I really try to breathe in this consistency with my kids, with time. And I'm not, I'm actually not the most like scheduled person. I, I hate scheduling and planning things, but I, you know, I show up for the, like the morning. It's like we have our morning routine. I drop my kids and then they know that I come home right around either before, sometimes it's during dinner time, but to have those, like, it's, that's what matters to me. Like I want to be home for those things. So just cultivating that time and trying to be off my phone when I'm with them. It's not every second. Sometimes I'll get an email or a call and, or I'm capturing a cute moment. And, but then I try to really separate. Okay. I'm putting my phone away and listen, my kids are old enough. Now, Benjamin will say to me, mom, please put your phone down. And I'm like, a hundred percent, I'm putting it in the other room. And, you know, I think those are the things for me is, is just like honoring and respecting their needs just mm-hmm. as much as, as my own. And they, they have needs. Like, yeah, that's the thing I think when you have babies and you're like, oh, these cute babies. And then you're like, oh God, they have so many needs at once. <laughs> and, oh, they have to know, they negotiate over everything. And it's, it's so much. And I'm just, being, I'm just like, Oh my God, water. Like you're not going to watch the show. And, and then sometimes watch the show. I don't even care anymore. And it, Please watch like, the show. I lose it. I, that's the truth. Like as much as I appear to be this super Zen peaceful person, I resort to a reactive nature mm-hmm. more times than not. And that to me is why I keep going and I keep doing the work because there's no finish line here. It's like, this is, it's a constant state of being. As you know, the world's starting to open up. What do you feel like you've taken away from this time um, over the last year? I know it sounds like your business has changed and evolved so much over this last year, but what are the big takeaways for you? To me, it's that time is the most valuable thing that we have, you know, while I'm so grateful to be able to share the work that I love so much and to have built a successful business off, you know, what I sharing, what I love for me, it's, it's to never get lost in, in life as, as it's expanding for me. And it's to take the time to, show up for, you know, my kids, um, end of the year trips to be there in the moments that I learned as a kid are the things that matter most. Right. And it's to enjoy this, this life that we live in. And I think, you know, it, there is a lot, there, there can be a lot of pressure that comes with social media and the share and, you, you know, and, and I think for me right now, I'm just in this place of, I don't, ever want to get lost in it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to get lost in it. And, and I think for me that things happen at a point in my life where I, I'm a, I'm very grounded in the important things mm. what matters and it's, it's family and it's taking time to spend it with people that I want to be around and not that want time with me and me feeling like I need to please them. I'm just, you know, I'm, and, and with love declining a lot of opportunities because we only have so much time in, in a day, in a week, in a year. So I just, I really want to put my time towards the things that fill me up and that make me feel 
really happy. And, mm. and that's, you know, it, it really is truly, it's like going to the park in the week. I'm like, I love, mm-hmm. I love, mm-hmm. like, I love going to the park. I'm like, when people are like, what are you doing this week? I'm like, oh, we're park hopping. <laughs> that's what we do on the weekend. But I love it. You know, it, it's, it's though that's the stuff that matters to me and just maintaining that and not letting that ever escape me with the other stuff that looks like, you know, the important things. Mm. Yeah. It's like when I hear you talk about, you know, morning routine or being there for bath time. And I think so many of us get lost in this, like, I want to give my kids Disneyland and I want to give my kids, you know, trips to Europe and I want to do all these flashy things. And I was just sitting here thinking that it's like this constant, every time it comes up, it's like this (laughs) source of like annoyance with my mom that she took me on this big Disney world trip when I was eight. And I remember none of it. (laughs) none of it. And it's like, she gets so mad that I don't remember any of it. And it's like, no, but you know what I do remember? It's like, I remember those little moments. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what our kids are going to remember. And so I think that's such a, a lesson for people to take away is like just being there, being grounded, being present, giving them your presence, presence, that alone and being real with them. Mm. They're not stupid. They're not stupid. Oh my God. They know everything. Yeah. And like, you <laughs> totally. need to say. Smarter, uh, and like, my kids are smarter than me. Oh, hundred percent. Mine's already, she barely talks. And I know she's smarter than me. You know, it's like, she gives you a look sometime and you're like, damn. I was like, oh, she's got that like Syracuse thing deep. Like, <laughs> I know like that back. video. <laughs> oh man. John posted a video of her giving him this like straight up dirty ass look because he made yeah. a comment and I was like she knows she oh, looked at him like uh-uh. uh-uh every time she does one of those faces I'm like I send it to Vanessa I'm like that's you that is straight your face she just shot John so you know no, uh, I was going to say this because this these like that is like I remember as a, a kid you know at um like a recital or something and listen my parents had a lot of kids <laughs> yeah they almost like came from a real and big house a lot of jobs and yeah. it was so hard to make ends meet and I have really found this compassion in my heart and and my soul because I can't imagine I'm mm-hmm. like how did you do it? like I I cry I literally I'll call my mom and I'm like thank you like I I know you think you didn't do enough but it's like you did the best you could Mm-hmm. And, you know, those moments were like, no, you know, a parent couldn't show up for this. And that is what is vivid in my, my mind. And there was one thing that came up for Benjamin at the, the end of the year, like a, like a classroom. And I had a meeting. So I was like, you know, no, you have to take this. I can't make it. But thankfully we were both home. And then he sent me a text. He's like, oh my God, all of the kids are on the computer, like looking at their parents. And I just, I was like, oh my, I didn't know that they could visibly see the parents. So I, I just dropped everything I was doing and I ran and I just came over to the computer and my son was like, mom. And I was like, those are the things that you remember. You were like, he was mommy. And I was like, I can't believe I almost missed that. Like it was a zoom thing. And listen, you can't, I know. I know. I know. And I was like, like the, the, those are the moments where it's okay if I have to move something and mm. it's just constantly going back to like, I'm such a people pleaser. 
And, and I have to, I have to learn with like upsetting people, but staying true to myself. And yes. that is one thing I think as you, as you grow older, I think, especially as, as women and, you know, mm-hmm. really evolve, we come into our own and just remembering that, like, mm-hmm. no matter what, when things get really important and you got all the, the big things and it's like, okay, but that's, what's going to be engraved in our children's memories. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't do it all, but I really do try to just carve out the time and the space for, for the little things. That well, and isn't that also part of the practice? I mean, those little things like your morning routine with your kids can be part of your meditation, right? Like, like oh, the yeah. process of making your coffee in the morning can be your oh, meditation, right? Is. I know. And it is for me. And it's like, people don't, you know, so many times with clients, I'm like, if you have 20 minutes to do a seated meditation, please, by all means, let's talk about that practice. If right. today you don't, then have your coffee be your meditation, right? Have that moment with your daughter where you're brushing her hair and you're pulling her hair back, be a moment of meditation, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're putting her shoes on and you guys make this eye to eye contact, like have that be a moment of presence where you tap into that moment and say, oh my God, I'm here. She's here. We're sharing this moment. Like that is meditation. It is. It really is. And that's why I share the, you know, my guided meditations the way that I do. And and I say sometimes, listen, I'm doing my makeup listening to a guided meditation yeah. or I'm walking to work listening to a guided meditation or I'm like uh, just taking that like breath and presently just really taking it in and observing it go in through my in. And it's like, bring yourself back wherever it is. You know, I literally had it today where I was spiraling and I was like, I am choosing right now to let it move mm-hmm. and to come back to my breath because it's not important and it's and I'm and I'm not going to focus on it because it's pissing me off and I'm getting really irritated <laughs> and it's not worth treat yeah. you know and then it leads through how you treat people and I you know mm-hmm. thankfully it's before it used to take me days to shake something and now I'm like no you know I'm I'm grabbing things and and r- really able to catch myself much quicker and I and it's from the work I could talk to you guys forever (laughs) what you do and just you know it's so important I think the the approach that you have is so needed in a space that can be you know, for me, like I was intimidated by therapy and thinking that it had to be this one way. And I, it's so important to see that, you know, it's, it's, it can be quite an inviting process Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be this deep, deep, dark, um, place that you have to go to. And, and I, I think it's so needed and therapy is, is something that it has without a doubt changed my change the trajectory of my mm. my life yeah wow well I just appreciate how much you speak to the way that you implement tools of yeah. pattern interruption and how you know how these things can be done and continuously practiced you know I, I just think it's really important for people to hear like this is how we do it like yeah. and we gotta and we screw up forever. and we do it again and we're gonna yeah. screw up again and we're gonna do it again forever. yeah forever forever mm-hmm. and ever on loop <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. like the forgiveness, right? Yes. Sorry. It's like no, no, that yes. forgiveness and then knowing that you forgive yourself or whatever happened and you can mm. start 
and start fresh right now. And it's the same thing as telling to your kids, right? Hey, I screwed up. Shouldn't have said that. I need a do-over. I apologize. Mm. That's it, right? Yeah, we keep it moving. Okay. We have some lightning round questions that we always ask everybody. Today, you want to start? Sure. So, um, Melissa, who have been your greatest mentors, teachers, people that have influenced you, whether people you know or just people whose work has really inspired your journey? Oprah. Mm. Marianne Williamson. Mm. (laughs) Elena Brower. Mm -hmm. Gabby Bernstein. And my husband. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to have you articulate it anyway. Where do you find yourself in flow? So where do you go to where you know that you're just going to lose yourself and like, you're going to blink your eyes and hours are going to have gone by. Ooh, I love that. For me, it is that meditative movement space, mm-hmm. you know, connecting, like just stripping it all everything that came before the moment, everything that's to come after and just grounding myself like right there where I am. And it, you know, I think it like starting in that meditation and then adding in the element of movement for me is, is, is what had me starting to share my work with everyone Mm. that changed me. Yeah. Beautiful. And what breaks your heart? When people are not kind, Mm. I can't take it. I just, I don't understand it. I really don't. And listen, like, you know, we have, we all have moments, right. Where we can maybe say something we wish that we didn't say, but I just think just watching how people treat each other and so much turmoil that goes on in the world. I just, like, as a parent, I'm just like, you just want a better world and a, you know, a better planet and life for these little humans that were just trying to raise into mm. beautiful human beings. Mm. Just makes me want to like take her and be like, okay, I'm going to hide you away. Yeah, so, especially when you see another kid not kind to your child and you're like, <laughs> work it out. And I'm take like, my earrings oh, out and chill. I'm, like, oh, it's really hard for me. I'm not ready for that. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hard. Here's a real important question. Okay. What is your favorite food? <laughs> Honestly, I love the salad. Like I've always, <laughs> I love dressing. I love okay, dressing. dressing. I can get ever, ever since my mom said, like my mom has told me since I was six years old and we would go to Ponderosa. <laughs> and I would oh, Ponderosa. These plates of sa- all these different, I love, I love an amazing salad. Hmm. I know it's so for all of y'all who don't know Ponderosa, okay, let me just tell you, this was this place, it was buffet, you got baskets of popcorn as like at the table, and they had a day where all the little kids stepped on a giant scale, and your parents, do you remember this, Melissa, your parents would pay for your dinner how much you weighed. Oh, right. <laughs> wow. Talk about like this, the starting of our issues like, with eating, by the way. Yeah, I don't feel about that. I forgot about that, but as soon as you said it, I vividly recall, I could like visualize. I remember know. stepping on this scale and I remember cause I was 49 pounds. <laughs> my mom made 49 cents for my- I also love avocado chips. I, I mean, those are like mm-hmm. daily. daily. So I really just enjoy them. They make me happy. Classic. Wow. I love wow. it. 
Melissa, it is just such an honor to meet you. You are everything Vanessa said that you are, but you know, just so inspired watching your journey and watching the way that you show up in the world. Thank you for everything that you do to just empower us as women and to be, you know, to allow us to just feel okay in our skin. I just, I really appreciate who you are. It's an honor to meet you. Thank you. You're so kind and gracious. And I really, really appreciate to be a guest on the podcast Mm -hmm. and for all your beautiful words. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad we got to do this. It's been far too long since we actually connected in IRL in real life. (laughs) But I'm glad to... <laughs> I'm glad to get to kind of witness from from afar and and see all the lovely things happening. So I'll mm. keep rooting for you on the sidelines. <laughs> Thank you, Vanessa. You're so sweet. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. <laughs>